and welcome to We the Young People, a podcast produced by the Young Elected Officials Network. We're your hosts, Alana Bird, YEO's Policy Coordinator. And I'm Michelle Landry, YEO's Membership Associate. In 2020, we're celebrating YEO's 15th birthday. Each month, we bring on YEO members who are working at the forefront of policy and change, highlighting a new topic and a new member each episode. If you'd like to be featured, please reach out. My email is a, B as in boy, Y, R, D as in dog, at PFA, like people for the American way, dot org, a bird at PFA.org. And that goes for any policy support or assistance that you may need. That's what we're here for. Additionally, you can find our podcast on Spotify or iTunes, as well as through our website, yeonetwork.org, and embedded in our monthly policy bulletin, which will be emailed out shortly after each podcast is published. Now, let's get to our topic for the month. This month, we sat down with Felix Rivera, the Assembly Chair of Anchorage, Alaska. Felix came to Alaska for college and never left. His work as constituent relations and special assistant for the mayor's office helped to prepare him for his role as assembly member and chair. His passion is making a difference in the lives of people in his community, and he has been able to do this not only by serving on the assembly, but by sitting on the board of directors for several nonprofits that help those in need. Writing in journalism is another way Felix has been able to make an impact. While studying journalism at Alaska Pacific University, he covered local events around town and wrote for an international wire service. His stories were published around the world. Felix considers his proudest accomplishment to be helping fight and eventually obtain protections for LGBTQ Anchorage residents in employment, housing, and public accommodations. Hi, Felix. Thank you so much for sitting down with us for our We the Young People podcast. We're really excited to have you on. So first question, if you could tell us about how you were personally and professionally impacted by the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. To be here. So, you know, Justice Ginsburg was such a champion for so many, Um, particularly for women. uh, You know, the the famous quote uh, that she wanted men to take their feet off our necks. New meaning after the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really saw the LGBT community um, be invited uh, into uh, this idea of equity and justice for all, which is enshrined in our founding document. We've never lived up to it. And, and Justice Ginsburg really invited the LGBT community into that and invited us to join this. So for, And for so many of my sisters in the LGBT community, um, you know, I went to look up into because she said women should be in every room a decision is made. Mm-hmm. Happened in Anchorage recently with um, now acting mayor Austin Quinn Davidson becoming the first woman mayor of Anchorage. Um, so yeah, Justice Ginsburg has had a huge impact to me personally and professionally. And how has Anchorage reacted? Have your citizens been engaged in the confirmation process? There were several vigils that were held, some virtually and some uh, social distance uh, in front of our federal courthouse. And um, I actually spoke at one of them and I talked about love and how mm. love is on the line. And um, there were uh, several um, women who spoke and concerned about the right to choose. So uh, definitely Anchorage had a strong reaction. Um, we are sort of this funny uh, state where, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, the lower 48, as 
we like to call y'all, um, <laughs> ignore us. But um, when it comes to certain important decisions where there's might maybe one vote in the Senate uh, that might change the impact, uh, we get a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. and, and thanks to our wonderful Senator Murkowski. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so definitely we got a, uh, we as Alaskans engaged heavily in the confirmation process and lobbied Senator Murkowski to vote no. It's really disappointing to see her vote in the end to vote yes on the confirmation of uh, Justice Barrett. Yes, we were also at PFA and YEO very upset to hear that as well, uh, given the fact that Murkowski was definitely on our list of potential winnable senators. But uh, given the fact that Murkowski has been relatively helpful on some more progressive things that can be surprising for those who are uninitiated with Alaskan politics, um, it, it is pretty disappointing that she chose in the end to vote yes on, on Coney Barrett. And what actions have you taken as an elected official in the wake of RPG's passing? Uh, tell us a little bit about the resolution you passed on September 29th, honoring the life of Justice Ginsburg. Uh, what does the resolution say? Uh, my colleagues and I got together and we uh, drafted up this resolution for the Anchorage Assembly to consider. And uh, basically the resolution tells the story of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, uh, growing up, going to Harvard, some of the issues that she faced there up to her appointment to the Supreme Court. And, you know, interestingly enough, Alaska, we don't get very many celebrity visits, but mm -hmm. in 2008, Justice Ginsburg was an honored guest at the annual oh. Alaska Bar Convention in Anchorage. So we were uh, happy to host her. Yeah, that's amazing. And how hard was it to pass? Was there any pushback either from your fellow assembly members or from your constituents? There was no pushback from any of my colleagues or constituents. You know, I think it's really hard to talk smack about someone who's had such a profound legacy yeah. and that so many people admire. Yeah. That's great to hear. <laughs> it's refreshing. How do you expect the United States to change in the wake of Justice Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation last week? What are you most worried about in terms of her record and her potential future rulings? Right now, marriage equality is the law of the land. Um, but if the Supreme Court strikes that down, then we're back to what the Alaska Constitution says. And we have an old architect from 1998 in our constitution, which says that marriage shall be between a man and a woman, um, which is such a shame. Is there anything you're optimistic about? Maybe, um, and this is uh, sort of pulling at strings, but uh, Justice Barrett had talked about how um, you know she would not be a lawmaker. And I think that's fantastic mm -hmm. because no one voted for her to be a lawmaker. <laughs> that's fair. We'll take it. How do you think Anchorage specifically will be impacted by Justice Barrett's confirmation? Anchorage and Alaska is indigenous land, much like all of America is. Mm -hmm. And um, impacted by recent local decisions on indigenous sovereignty. And nationally, we saw a huge impact in the decision in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so if, if any of those types of decisions come down and um, and Justice Barrett is on the wrong side, that could have a big impact for Anchorage. Um, we also have a lot to deal with resource development, and there are constant lawsuits in Alaska around uh, responsible resource development. 
And so if any of those ever end up in the Supreme Court, that could really have an impact on Anchorage and Alaska. We're likely to see if Justice Barrett uh, rules to strike down the Affordable Care Act. Mm. Residents are going to be kicked off of their health care. And it's health care that they like and they, that, that they rely on. And then last, marriages, uh, if Justice Barrett uh, strikes down marriage equality, will end for hundreds of Anchorage residents. Uh, switching gears here a little, if you could pick any judge in the history of the United States, alive or dead, to replace Justice Barrett on the court, who would it be and why? So Justice Brennan, uh, who served on the Supreme Court from 1956 to 1990, I think uh, Justice Brennan provides a, a good comparison. So uh, Brennan was a conservative who was an ardent supporter of abortion rights, opposed protecting individual voting rights. Mm. So in essence, you know, Justice Brennan was focused on individual rights and freedoms. Yeah. And that's exactly the that we should have on the Supreme Court, um, not these kinds of um, judicial activists that we see. Finally, is there any advice you'd like to give to other YEOs at this time? What's helped you through these tough times? You know, for my part, I have focused on the really great opportunity that we have to do good on the local level. Positive mm. reforms that have come after the murder of George Floyd, where did those happen on the local level? Reforms and opportunities build up to combat um, the housing crisis that we face around the nation and addressing homelessness. And that's happening at the local level. But we're addressing that at the local level because we have a governor that doesn't believe in man-made. Mm. Local level has so much opportunity, I think, to do good and to set an example uh, for, frankly, what D.C. should be doing. Mm. Well, Felix, thank you so much for joining us on our We the Young People podcast. It's been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciated it. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate having you on here. And uh, hopefully, by the time this podcast is recorded, God, I hope so. By the time this podcast is released, we will have results for the presidential election and uh, we will all be celebrating. And more important, not more importantly, but just as importantly, hopefully by the time the next YEO convention rolls around, we'll be able to do it in person and we can have our Alaska delegation come and join us as well. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I was actually really looking forward to coming this last time around. But, um, yeah, as uh, the current occupant likes to say, it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Felix. Now we'd like to turn over the podcast to our membership associate, Michelle, for her segment of the podcast, focusing on membership updates, advice, etc. Michelle? On this month's membership corner, in order to honor this month as a spooky season, if you will, we asked some members what they found helps them when they were scared or intimidated by their jobs. Natalia Macker, chairwoman of the Teton County Board of County Commissioners, said that if you're going to speak on an intimidating topic, consider writing down your comments and practicing in advance. This will help you identify any words that are tripping you up and have your train of thought clear. 
It will also let you know if any sections bring up emotions for you so you can be prepared for that. It is, in my opinion, more than okay if those emotions are stirred when speaking, but you don't want it to prevent you from making your point. She also suggested that if you have a task to accomplish that is giving you trepidation, don't be afraid to ask for help. Seek out help from other leaders who held the job, or if you are part of an association where you can connect with someone else in a different community to get feedback, don't feel like you have to go it alone. State associations, national associations, and of course your peers at YEO are here for technical feedback, emotional support, and strategic planning. Sometimes talking it out with someone else helps you see where you need to go. Balvar Singh, Burlington County Board of Chosen Freeholders member, said what works for him is to do some preliminary work in organizing, reaching out to supporters and specific issue-driven activists who know everyone firsthand on the board and explain to them the issue at hand and the board's options. He asked them for their advice and also asked them to share it with fellow board members. It helps to have local influencers voice their support to sway board members. Sometimes that's the only way to outwork a lobbyist. Igor Chagub, Rent Board Commissioner in Berkeley, California, said in the past he's found it helpful to ask himself how far outside of his comfort level certain tasks are. He likes to use a red-yellow-green stoplight rating. The green zone includes tasks that he feels comfortable doing. The yellow zone are things that are a bit outside of the comfort zone, but that he would still be willing to push himself to do. He tries to embrace pursuing opportunities in the yellow zone as long as they, one, support his professional and personal growth, and two, clarifies for that for him that if he accomplishes it, he will develop the courage to do it in the future, and or three, demonstrates his to his employer that he's willing to take on new tasks and learn from these opportunities. The red zone includes the things he would not dare do, no matter how much he was prodded or incentivized. In the red zone are also no-no tasks that are out of alignment with his personal values or ethics. It may also include tasks that he thinks he may not be able to accomplish if he, he may be able to accomplish if he had a little more experience or time and service under his belt, but absent good coaching or other support does not want to say yes to because he doesn't want to set himself up for failure. It is one of the hardest on-the-job experiences possible to say no to your boss if something looks like it would be in your personal red zone, even if your boss is highly encouraging or asking you to embark on it rather than ordering you to do it. There is, of course, an enormous power and balance involved. Fortunately, most bosses out there will be more inclined to understand you're saying no if you couch it in terms of your personal growth plan and how the task does not align with or may align with it later, but with a certain amount of support. In general, the more specific you can be about why you're saying no for right now and what you would need to get to a yes in the future is the more understanding an employer may be. There are, of course, exceptions to this, and there may be instances in which you may decide perhaps the employer is no longer a good fit for you. If you choose to say yes to a yellow zone assignment, it's important to seek out support from your supervisor or coworkers who may have had experience in such a task. Set your up for success. Think of what you need to be successful and who can support you in that. Nancy Mateo, Coral Springs City Commissioner, said to speak up. Always encourage individuals to speak up. Depending on how impactful the situation is, you may want to have a discussion with the individual who is intimidating you in the workplace. She suggests doing this during a time where there's relatively low pressure. The discussion should focus on better understanding each other and the protective work environment. 
and don't let it cloud your thinking. Don't let your feelings of intimidation create overwhelming self-doubt. You were hired for a reason, and you have this position because you're good at it. Janice Lee, BART director, said that she is admittedly not someone who gets really afraid or fearful of things. As someone who's a very rational thinker, one of the ways that she calms herself down before a big speech, a difficult decision, having to share tough news, etc., is to remind herself that the moment is inevitable. A lot of times, she thinks the fear we hold is really anxiety of the moment, but something about knowing that the moment will happen, like a vote I have to take or an interview that she's scheduled to give is inevitable it's sort of just accepted like fate if that's not convincing enough it helps when you do the work and you can justify it to yourself because regardless if you're on the winning losing side of a vote at least you can say that you did the work and held to your values Thank you so much for all the elected officials who offered their advice. If you'd like to share some advice with electeds or have a good membership corner topic that you think you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. You can email me, Michelle Landry, at mlandry at pfaw.org. Again, that's M-L-A-N-D-R-Y at pfaw.org. Well, YEOs, that's it for this month's edition of We the Young People. We hope you enjoyed and were able to gain some insight and inspiration from it. If you have ideas for topics, policies you'd like to share, need policy-related assistance, or just want to reach out, please don't hesitate to email me at abird at pfaw.org. Talk to you next month. Thanks for listening.